This is HPR episode 2961 for Monday, the 9th of December 2019. Today's show is entitled Kubernetes Cloud Terminology. It's hosted by Daniel Pearsons and is about 11 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is we talk about terms often used when using Kubernetes. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hackers and welcome to another podcast. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about cloud environments like Kubernetes and some of the words or the terminology that is required to know in order to get into Kubernetes because Kubernetes has a lot of different words and different terms that are a little bit strange and that you might not run into if you haven't been in these kinds of environments. So let's start with the word node. A node is something that will run your jobs. So for instance, it could be a physical server, it could be a virtual server, it could be something that you can actually put some load on where you have some CPU, some memory and so on, so you can run something on it. So that's a node. And nodes are constructed into clusters. You have a lot of nodes that you group into clusters and these clusters can run jobs for you. So for instance, if you want, you can say that I want to run this amount of work with a lot of different Docker containers, for instance, on this cluster. And then it's up to Kubernetes to figure out which nodes to select in order to run these jobs. So you can put few jobs on one node and a few jobs on another node. A container is a Docker container, for instance. That's something where you create a unit that you can actually run in on on a node and that can do the job for you. So this container can, for instance, have a Linux environment or a very stripped down Linux environment where you put, for instance, a web server, or you can put a MySQL server, you can have some uh, very simple uh, logic uh, node that will just take some input and create some output. You can do whatever you want with a container, 
The important part is that it actually is one unit that you can deploy somewhere and it built it's built in such a way that it's simple for it to actually run on a node. Next up we have a pod and a pod is either one no, uh, container or uh, multiple containers and this is the unit of work that you can scale up and down. So for instance if you have one pod you put that on a node and you say that okay this is my amount of work and now I need to actually restart this service that I have put up or this thing that I want to run so then I restart that pod and that will uh, restart and it will go up again and it will do the work for you. And the important part with containers and pods is that they should be self-contained and they should uh, often not contain any data. So you put the data outside of the pod or you have a speci specific pod that handles the data like a database server if you want to run that kind of a work in your environment. But usually you have the data separated from the pod so you can restart it and end up in a state that are similar to where you were before you restarted it. So it should just be a compute unit. And in order to solve this you have volumes. So you connect the different volumes to one pod that will actually be disk space or some external resource where you can keep state for this pod. So a pod should just be a compute unit and you should have the state outside of the pod. And next up we can have a concept called replica set. There is a few different ways to actually scale pods but one of them that is very common is replica set. And in a replica set you can say I want a minimal of three pods but a maximum of six pods and depending on the load on the actual work uh, Kubernetes will scale this up so you can either have three pods or six pods or somewhere in between. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is services. And services is something that runs in your clusters and helps you with network or other tasks that are not uh, specific to any pod but can help different pods in order to uh, get the network solved. Uh, some of these examples could be for instance load balances uh, which could load balance between a lot of different pods or could even load balance between for instance two replica sets where you have some A-B testing going on. And then you can have for instance one service that is common is a cert manager that could actually be set up so you can have Let's Encrypt running in your cloud environment and giving each of the pods signed certificates for a specific domain and they should be valid SSL certificates and this certificate manager would um, update and see that you actually have a valid uh, certificate for each of this, these work units. Uh, another thing that is very important is to have an ingress service and this ingress service will handle the communication with the outside world. 
So, for instance, if you set up a few pods in your Docker or your Kubernetes environments, no one can actually talk with those pods. So you can have traffics with inside of Kubernetes, and nobody can read that traffic. But if you want to get out of the Kubernetes cloud, you set up an ingress that you tell on this port you want to talk to this uh, replica set or these kind these pods with this name and send the traffic to this port on these uh, pods. So the ingress will handle the actual uh, communication between the outside world and your pods. And to take everything of, that we have talked with so far into one unit so you can actually deploy it, you have a deployment. And in this deployment configuration, you can say, I want these kinds of services, I want these pods, I want these kind of replica sets, and these kinds of ingress rules. And when you have set all of that up, you can actually send one deployment to your Kubernetes cloud, and it will bring that deployment up as one unit. And you can take that unit and stop it as well if you don't need that service anymore. So a deployment could be, let's say, 100 pods of different kinds. You can have web servers, MySQL, MySQL servers, worker units, everything in one deployment and send that to your Kubernetes cloud. So it's some kind of uh, grouping of all of these things in one. And the last thing, last thing I want to talk about is configuration maps. And configuration maps could be set up to your deployments. So you can actually do some configuration steps on the fly in your Kubernetes cloud. So you can put in some configuration values that you want to change during the run of this uh, Kubernetes cloud. So you can actually change something uh, that is already running without deploying it again. So this was what I wanted to talk about today. If you want to follow more of what I'm doing, I have a YouTube channel, just search for my name and you will find that. If you have any questions about Kubernetes and so on, please comment and I will read those and perhaps create another episode with that. Uh, I hope that you learned something today. I hope that you liked this episode and I hope to see you in the next one. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.